Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord, for this special occasion. We thank you, Lord, as we, we remember our graduates and acknowledge them as they go out into the world. Pray your blessings upon them. Father, we are here today to also to remember those that have died in service to our country. And Lord, we thank you for those men and women. We pray for their families. We pray for those that are in the service currently or serving abroad and at home. Father, we pray your protection on them as well. So, Lord, we give you this remainder of this service, and we pray that as we open up your word, that you would open up our hearts to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you all be seated? Well, it's good to be back. I appreciate all your prayers. Um, I hear that Ronnie and Scott did a good job in my absence, and I'm thankful for that. Um, It's always good to be able to have somebody that you can trust to fill in for you while you're gone. Um, in case you haven't noticed, Ronnie, the Costin family, has grown over here to the, this side. Uh, his son, Kyle, showed up with his family today. It's Kyle and Kathy and Cy and Scarlett, and the little one is, I've forgotten the name. Okay. And then you got uh, the matriarch and the patriarch on either side guarding the family. Why don't you guys stand up, okay? This is, we keep hearing... <clears throat> Ronnie and Sharon have been talking about you guys for years. You can go ahead and be seated. And uh, we are, it's good to see you guys. I, <laughs> sorry for that. Yeah. I wish I could say it was all good, Kyle, but it wasn't. You know. no, I'm just teasing. Well, today's a very special day. Um, this is Memorial Day, or tomorrow will be, and we're celebrating that. It's a time whenever we remember and we acknowledge um, and we just say thank you to those who have fallen in service to our country to honor them and to express our gratitude to those that have died overseas and at home in service to our country. What I'd like to do is this. If you have lost a loved one in service to our country, why don't you stand up? If you have someone that you've lost over the years, anyone? Have you lost somebody? Okay, there's several of you here. Okay, good. Thank you. Sit down. And who, is there anyone here who currently has somebody serving or is serving. Sai, I know you are. Now, Sai's been in Afghanistan, and he told me a while ago that he's, he may be going back again next year or pretty soon. Okay. We'll need to be praying for Sai for that. <clears throat> but this is a, a very special day when we remember uh, these men and women who serve our country. Um, I think that it's important that we designate times to remember things that are, that are important to us because we have a tendency to forget Um, It's not that we absolutely lose all memory of it, but we tend to put other things in front of it. We don't make it a priority in our lives, and we don't sit down and reflect or think about it or say thank you to those who have gone on before us. I believe that God has designated certain times in our lives for us to set aside to remember things that are important. You look at Scripture, and you see this all through the Bible. Um, this is something that God wants you to do. For example, let me just run through and give you some examples. If you recall the story in the book of Joshua, they come through the Jordan River and God tells them, put 12 stones up as a memorial so that you will remember in years to come that I brought you through this. And so that was a way of them remembering what God had done. The feast days in Israel, all through the Old Testament, we've studied some of this already. The Passover, for example, was something that they were to celebrate on a regular occasion. And it was to remind them of the angel of death that went through Egypt and finalized the deal, so to speak. And after that, Pharaoh let them go. 
That was a very special time. And God said, I don't want you to forget about this. I want you to remember it. So we're going to have a, a celebration of this on a regular basis. The Feast of Tabernacles is another one where they are each year for a, a week or so. They go out into the wilderness and they live in tents and celebrate a time when God provided for them during their wilderness experience. And the, 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 it was on and on. There's many feast days because God didn't want Israel to forget. He wanted them to remember. In the New Testament, you come to the act of communion that we participate in on a regular basis. God said to do this on a regular basis. And as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me, he said. Because that was what God wanted us to remember. Now the question is this. Why do we need to remember things that are in the past? Why do we need to remember events like this or people or what have you? Why is that so important? And the answer is very simple. Because there is power in remembering. Now, I'm not talking about those of you, myself included, who, got, who have memory problems, okay? Some of us are struggling with old age, and um, it's hard for us to remember things. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there's power in bringing back the past, recognizing what took place, doing whatever is called for, whether it be repentance or acknowledgement and gratitude, whatever. But there's power in remembering, and it's something that we need to do on a regular basis. Now, this is true in every situation of life. Think about this. There is power in remembering, and it is important that you and I remember everything, whether good or bad. Now, I'm not talking about dwelling on it. I'm talking about not being afraid to bring it up and think about it. Not being afraid to bring, bring up things that we, you and I need to remember and to not always try to put it down and forget about it. It's imperative that we, we remember both good and bad. Now, some people try to forget. A soldier comes home from service and he's struggling with post-traumatic stress. And he doesn't want to remember the carnage and the pain and the suffering and all that he saw over there. Some of them try to hide that with drugs and alcohol. And rightfully so in the sense that they want to forget. Uh, you can't blame them. A woman today has to struggle with memories of being molested as a child. And she doesn't want to remember that. She wants to put that as far behind her and not even think about it. And whenever she does, it causes all kinds of pain as she remembers that time. Some of you were abandoned by your parents. Either they divorced and you never heard from one of them or they both for some reason left and gave you up, and you've had to struggle with that, and it's not a pleasant memory, and you don't really want to think about it. Others of you have been abused in your childhood, either neglected or hurt, abused. No, you don't want to think about that either. You don't want to remember that. It's something you just want to put in behind you and just forget about it and not even think about it. Some of us try to tear that or to erase those memories. We'll tear down monuments We'll rewrite history books. We'll f say things never happened that did, all in an effort to try to pretend that the past never happened. But the truth of the matter is it did. And whenever you and I try to hide from the past, whether it's good or bad, when we fail to remember it, two things are going to happen. Now listen very carefully. Number one is this. There will always be an elephant in the room. No matter where you go, no matter what you do. Now what that means is a figure of speech. It's like you and I sitting down in the living room to talk 
And there's something we need to talk about, something we both have on our minds, something we know is true, but neither one of us want to talk about it. It's like a big elephant sitting there that everybody tries to ignore. That will color every relationship you ever have in life. It will color everything that you do. It will color your perspective of God and the way you look at God. That elephant in the room, so to speak, those memories that you, you don't want to talk about, those things will always be there and haunt you no matter what. Even though you don't talk about it, even though you try to forget it, they'll always be there. There's another reason why you and I need to... Uh, uh, two things that will happen if we try to forget things, and that is this. It's been said that when you forget the past, you are destined to relive it. And that is so true. If you forget about the past and you don't learn, then you are destined to repeat it again in some form or fashion. So, yeah, it is important, and it's important that we remember whether good or bad. Now, I want to give you four reasons why we need to remember the past. We need to remember the past for these four reasons. Now, there may be others, but these are four that come to my mind and four that I want to share with you today. Here's the first one. It's important that we remember because remembering makes us grateful. Remembering makes us grateful. Let me tell you a story. Now, you know how the stories, Pastor Dave's stories work here, okay? Like I said, I may have told you something and not remember it and tell you again a month later. And the rule is this, that if I do that, you just shake your head, smile, and don't ever tell me, okay, because I don't want to know. Um, it's just part of growing old. But I'm going to tell you a story, and I was sitting there last night trying to remember if I told you this before or not. But here goes, okay? Back when I was about six years old, and it was in the winter time. My dad came home with three trees. They were pin oaks, water oaks, or whatever you want to call them, about three inches in diameter across, very small. They were in a bucket. A man had given, him, given them to him, and he wanted to get them in the ground. So he goes out in the dead of winter, and it's snowing. And he and I plant these trees. We dig the hole, and they're not very big. You know, the ball on them is about like that. We put them in the ground, cover them up. Mother is saying to us, you guys are crazy. You can't plant trees in the snow and expect them to live. We didn't know. We planted them anyway. Well, they did begin to grow. In the springtime, they start, you know, bearing leaves and so forth. About a year later, a storm comes through and rips one of them off, just breaks it. So we got rid of that one. A couple of years after that, Dad realized that he had placed one, and we didn't think it through because there were some overhead power lines and telephone lines, things like that, and that tree's going to get up in it. So we took that one out too. So we dug it up and got rid of it or cut it down, whatever the case was. But the third one lived. And the third one is still there today. And um, all my life growing up, that tree was a part of our yard, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger throughout the years. Now, we would play ball in the yard. We would have all the community kids, all the neighbors would come down, and we would play ball. And it got to the point, now we're on an acre and a half of land there, and we would play ball, and it got to the point where we had to make a rule that if you hit the ball and, it, and you're in the outfield and it goes into that tree, it may bounce through all the limbs, but if you can catch it, before it hits the ground, then the guy is out. That tree's always been a center of our life. My father put, in his later years, a yard swing. But he and my mother would sit out there in the swing underneath that tree. Um, we've always gathered around the lawn chairs underneath that tree. So we were going home, you know, a few weeks ago, and I, I, my granddaughter is uh, two and a half, 
uh, three years old, from, lives up in Colorado, and she was going to meet us there, my daughter and, and my granddaughter. And I thought to myself, I'm going to put a swing in that tree that Maddie can swing on. So I take home the things that are necessary, and I build a swing. It didn't take long, threw a chain over the limb and so forth, built a swing. So we're out there swinging. <clears throat> my daughter comes out and takes a photograph of us there. Now, here's, I want you to focus. Now, I, pro- I know I promised you I would not show you photographs of my grandchildren anymore. I don't want you to think I'm lying to you because you can barely see her, okay? What I want you to see is the tree. So, uh, Mickey, put that up. Now, you can barely see, but that little round thing in the center, that's me. Way back there, and the reason I did that is because I want you to see the comparison between my size, which isn't small, and the size of that stinking tree that my dad planted 60-something years ago. Now, Maddie's barely a speck. She's on a swing. I'm swinging here, and you can see a couple of chairs out there. I, during that week, that I, two weeks that we were there, I would sit out there in the swing, and I would swing her, and I would begin to think. And I would think about growing up. I would think about oh, when we planted the tree. I would think about the ball games we played out there. I'd think about families, get-togethers underneath that blasted tree, and the times we spent talking and reminiscing and so forth. And the more I thought and remembered, the more I began to thank God. See, I began to thank God for my parents, and I began to thank God for my childhood, and I began to thank God for all the generations now that have lived under that tree. Because I grew up in the shadow of that tree. My children and my brothers, I have four siblings, they, my brothers and my sister, their children grew up in that tree, under that tree. And here I am swinging my granddaughter under the tree that my dad and I planted some 60-something years ago. And I thought, thank you, Lord. Thank you for a family. Thank you for a heritage. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And just the reminiscing, just the remembering, caused me to thank God with gratitude in my heart for all that he had done for me. And I stood there thinking of all the the places that God has taken me and all the ways in which God has protected and all the things that God has done for me over the years. And it all began with the memories. This is why memories are so important. This is why it is important that we set aside the time to remember. Some of you are sitting there thinking, but Pastor, there's still things in my life that aren't that way. I mean, I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up with a good childhood and it's not pleasant memories and so forth. But you know what? If you set aside the time to remember, God still uses that because that's your life. Good or bad, that is your life. And when you set aside the time and make yourself remember those events, as painful as they may be, you all of a sudden begin to realize Wow, look what God has done with me. Look where I am now. And all you can do is you, you look and you say, oh, thank you, God, for your love and your grace and your mercy and your protection. But you would never, ever experience that if you didn't stop long enough to remember even the painful memories. Maybe it provides you the opportunity to pray for somebody in your past that maybe you would not have ever thought to pray for. 
Maybe you begin to even pray for the person that hurt you that you would not have done if you had not stopped long enough to at least remember. So yeah, there's power in remembering because sometimes remembering makes us grateful and thankful even even through the bad times. We are still grateful to God for what He's done. Here's a second reason why it's important that you and I remember, and that is this. Because remembering provides healing. Remembering provides healing. It helps you to get rid of that elephant in the room. That thing that you don't want to talk about, that thing that you don't want to face, that thing that you don't even want to remember. Whenever you bring it up through your memories, whenever you force yourself to go back, whenever you allow yourself the opportunity for God to bring that back to your mind, all of a sudden it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And God takes care of that elephant that's been plaguing you all these years. And through that opportunity of remembering, maybe you begin to confess to God that there were things in your life that you needed to change but didn't. There were things in your life for which you are ashamed of. But now you're forced to remember them. Now you're forced to reflect on them again, and that's a healthy thing. Because now you have the opportunity for God to break your heart. You have the opportunity for God to speak to you and to say to you, listen, you've got to deal with this. This has plagued you all of your life. The guilt and the shame you've carried around all of your life. When are you going to let go of it? When are you going to let go of it? There's something in the Scripture that's very important that we need to understand. And that is the importance of confession. That you and I confess not only to God, and God forgives and God heals and God restores, but also the importance of confessing to one another. And whenever you and I remember, there may be things that you need to do as far as dealing with something between you and another individual. Now listen to this verse of Scripture. It's in James chapter 5, verse 16. Listen to what it says here. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It doesn't say forgiven, although I believe that's implied here. But it specifically says healed. Because there's something about confessing your sins to each other and praying for one another that brings healing. And there is a time when you need to face it. You need to deal with it. You need to be honest about it. And what better way to do that to confess than to confess to somebody else? That, you know what, this is what I did. I need you to pray for me. I need to get past this. I need to get over this. Maybe during that time of healing, God leads you to forgive somebody that has hurt you over the years. That parent that relative, that person, whoever it may be, that has hurt you so deeply, maybe during this time when you're honest about your feelings and honest about what took place and and remembering and reflecting, God leads you to forgive them. Boy, that's important. Get that monkey off your back. Get past it. These are reasons why it's important that you remember things, whether they are good or bad. It makes you grateful, and it provides the opportunity for healing in your life. Here's the third one, and that is that that remembering allows you the opportunity to fix your mistakes. When you remember, it allows you the opportunity to fix your mistakes. Listen to to this verse. Um, 
this verse is, it took place in the time when Moses led the children of Israel up to the promised land. But he didn't go in because God wouldn't let him. But he, he spent the entire book of Deuteronomy talking to them and telling them what to do once they got in there. And this is what he is saying to them in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 7. He says, remember this, there you go, remember this, and never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until you arrived here, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Now, look, look at what he's saying. He says, guys, before you go into the land, I want you to remember something. Don't ever forget what you did in the past. Don't ever forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord against you. And don't you do it again. As you go into this land, don't do it. When you and I remember, like Moses said here, we remember the past and the mistakes that we made. Then we have the opportunity to fix it. There are things in our lives that need to change. And if I never remember having done it in the past, if I never remember the consequences, if I never remember the shame and all that I I experienced, then I'll never change. And let me tell you something. Listen very carefully. There can be no growth spiritually without change. There has to be change. And God is on a mission to change you. This is what the Bible tells us. And it's your responsibility and mine that we remember the mistakes of the past and we never make them again. But if you forget them, if you put them back there, you are destined to do it again. Don't be that kind of a Christian. Here's the third reason, I'm sorry, the fourth reason why it's important that you remember, and that is this. Because remembering gives you hope for the future. Remembering gives you hope for the future. Now, I'm going to go back now to the Old Testament, to the situation with Moses, and he's talking to the Israelites before they go into the land. And he's telling them that, that there, is, you know, there are going to be giants in the land. You know there's going to be powerful enemies in the land. and You have every right to be afraid. You know, anybody with common sense would be. But look at what he says to them in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 18. But do not be afraid of them. Remember, remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. In other words, you're going to go into the land and you are going to be horrified of what you're going to see there. The enemy that's up against you. But don't do that. And here's how you combat it. You've got to remember what God did for you in the past. You've got to remember what he did with Pharaoh in Egypt. You've got to remember the victories of the past. And when you remember those, then you'll be able to face this enemy. Our problem is we, we forget those things. And we come up upon an obstacle, a problem in life, and we forget what God has done in the past. Here's another one. Deuteronomy 24:18. He's still talking to the Jews, the Israelites. He says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt... And the Lord your God redeemed you from there. That is why I command you to do this. He said, don't ever forget who you were, where you came from. You used to be slaves in Egypt. God got you out of there. 
you look back at your life and you think to yourself, I used to be this, I used to be that, I used to, this is what happened to me and I've been a victim all my life and I've always considered myself to be a victim and a... He says, listen, you need to look at what God has done. And when you look at what God has done, then you can face the future. But if you never, ever remember what God has done, then you're never, ever going to face the future with faith. And whenever you remember, then God gives you hope, faith in the future. Listen to this one last one. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. It's in verse 12, and Paul is talking to the church, the Christians in Ephesus, and here's what he says to them. Remember, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Paul says, that's who you used to be. Don't you ever forget that. Don't you ever forget what you used to be. Because you will never appreciate where God has brought you. And you will never go any further than this if you forget. Because you have to be filled with hope and assurance and faith as you go into the future. And the only place that that comes from is becomes from understanding and remembering where God brought you from. And the things that He's done in your life. Because remembering gives you hope. It allows you the opportunity to face the future. Say, well, Pastor, how do I sharpen my memory skills? How do I become better at this, or how do I allow myself that opportunity? Well, let me give you two suggestions, okay? And this is all it is, is just suggestions, but I believe that they're important. Number one, you're going to have to spend more time alone with God. You're going to have to spend more time alone with God if you're going to get into the practice of remembering. You have to let God take you, (coughs) excuse me, you have to let God take you back into the past. God's going to bring back the memories of the past. God's going to bring back the pain. God's going to bring back the victories. God's going to show you what He's done. But here's the problem. We get so busy. We get so busy that it's not that we forget. We just don't remember. We don't stop long enough to think about it. And this is so important. When I talk to you about a quiet time, you know there's a time and a place to study the Bible. There's a time and a place to pray for the people on your prayer list. But there is a vitally important part of our Christian lives that we often ignore, the legitimate quiet time, where you are quiet before the Lord. And you're saying to God, here I am, Lord, with my heart wide open. And Lord, I want you to point out the things in my life that need to change. And I want you to bring back the memories of the things that need to change. Lord, as painful as it may be, God, I want you to do it. And I want to feel the pain. And I want to feel the hurt. And I want to feel all the things that I've been running from all these years. And then I want to stand firm on the promises that you have given me for the future. And I want to be reassured that you love me. And I want to go face the future in faith. I can never do that, Lord, unless I remember the past. And folks, that only happens during a time when you are quiet before the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to do His work. And the Holy Spirit will do His work. 
So there's one thing as far as a suggestion on how you can sharpen your memory skills. The second one I've already mentioned, but let me mention it in closing here, okay? And that is that you stop avoiding unpleasant memories. Stop avoiding those unpleasant memories. We all do it. But when you pour out your heart to God, you're confessing to God something that you're thinking or feeling. Now watch. Okay, Lord, here I am. And this is not pleasant. I don't want to do it, but Lord, I'm afraid. And here's what I'm afraid of. You're pouring it out. Lord, I am guilty. I feel ashamed. And this is what I'm ashamed of. And I am pouring it out. Lord, I am angry. And I hate someone who has hurt me or my family. I'm not proud of it, but that's what I feel. Be honest with God, folks. Be honest. Now, God, you deal with me. And you deal with my heart. And you deal with what I'm feeling. And Lord, get me through it. So don't run from the unpleasantness of what you're feeling and what you're thinking. But you allow God to do His work in you. Remember what your goal is. Remember? And as a Christian, what your goal is? To be like Christ. That's the goal of every Christian. Christ-likeness. Growth. Maturity. Guys, don't be afraid to let God take the whittling knife out and do His work on you. Don't be afraid for God to chop away all the ugliness and gouge out the pain, the shame. Let Him do it. Let Him have His way. This is why it is so important that you remember things in the past. They're going to give you the opportunity to express gratitude to God for what He's done. They're going to provide the opportunity for you to heal from hurts in the past. It's going to provide you the opportunity to have hope for the future and to fix your mistakes. All of these things. But you've got to set aside the time to just let the Spirit of God do His work in you. I hope and I pray that whatever it is that you're going through, whatever you're afraid of, whatever you're ashamed of, whatever it is, that you would allow the Spirit of God to do His work and that you would allow the Spirit of God to overhaul your life. It might be painful. It probably will be painful. You might need a friend to help you through it. I don't know. But it has to be done. It needs to be done. You need to remember. You know, as I sit here thinking about things to remember, as I sat there under that tree, one of the things that I remember often about the years in the past is when God got a hold of my heart and I came to faith in Jesus Christ. the single most important thing in my life. You might be sitting here this morning and you may have wandered into this service and you do not know what Jesus Christ has done for you. you know, the Bible says that you're a sinner. We all are. Nobody's any different. You're just like us. But that God loves you, the sinner. He just hates the sin. But that God provided a sacrifice, His Son, to pay for your sin. He took your sin upon Himself. He died for it. The death, you should have died. He suffered for it. The suffering, you should have suffered. 
He did it for you. And then he turns to you and me and he says this, if you will put your faith in that, that sacrifice, that Savior, Jesus Christ, then I'll give you heaven. I'll give you forgiveness. I'll give you eternal life. It's a free gift. Will you accept it? Will you accept it? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. We come here today for, to celebrate Memorial Day, to remember there's one who died for us that we need to remember. The Lord Jesus took your place. And there comes a point in time, if you've never accepted it, you have to make a decision. Will you trust him or not? For the rest of us, we need to, on a regular basis, stop and reflect on that. We need to remember what he's done. We need to thank him for it. So if you're sitting here this morning and you know the Lord is your Savior, then thank Him right there where you sit. Express the gratitude. Let the Spirit of God take you back to what you were before, who you used to be. Let the Spirit of God direct you into praise and worship. For those that have never trusted Him, then right now is the time, right here today. Right there where you sit. You're calling upon God. The Bible says that whosoever calls upon the Lord shall be saved. Do that in faith. Admit who you are and accept his forgiveness. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow here before you this morning. Father, we are humbled by the reality that you care so much about us. Father, we look back over our lives and we marvel at all that you have done. The memories, Father, keep flooding in of all the blessings and all the promises and all the things that you've done for us. When we're in a pinch and things aren't going right, we forget these things. But, Father, help us not to. May we always be mindful of who you are and who we are in your sight. We're your children. And here we stand, battered, bruised, and bleeding. But we're yours. For that we are thankful. God, may we always be mindful of all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.